Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM. Channel 127, welcome to Progress After Dark. Good evening to everybody out there on the West Coast, driving home in your vehicles. Hello to everybody else in the Middle and the East Coast. Welcome to Tell Me Everything, bringing good trouble to the right-wing bubble. I'm John Fugel saying, here in Manhattan, New York City, Thea is producing us from Brooklyn. Chris, our executive producer, is being executive in production-like down in South Carolina. And for the next couple hours, we're going to be with you right here on Channel 127 at 866-997-4748. We can't wait to hear from you guys. It's going to be a really fun week. Let's do a show. Um, Idaho just became the first state to implement an interstate travel restriction on abortion care since the Supreme Court gutted Roe last year. Remember how Trump kept saying, it's okay, we'll get rid of Roe v. Wade. Go, go to the states. States can do whatever you want. Go to a different state. Well, today, Governor Brad Little of Idaho signed a law banning minors from traveling out of state for abortion without parental consent, which has now created a brand new felony crime, abortion trafficking. Bring it. Bring it. I can't wait to see the first underage rape victim incarcerated by Governor Brad Little because she tried to leave his fucking state to terminate the pregnancy because she didn't want in a free society to be forced by big government to carry and bear her rapist child. I think more and more the question we have to be ready to ask is, do American women have a right to not be pregnant? (sighs) Thank you, Idaho. But again, a lot of good news and a lot of stuff that we're still trying to make sense of. And I'm sorry, more and more, I keep viewing what we're witnessing in Tennessee as a profoundly good thing, as awful as it is, as violently, nakedly racist as it is, as anti-democratic and corrupt and inhuman and insensitive and anti-life as it is, it is going to turn on a lot of young people to show up and vote. It is going to make a lot of people know who these two young legislators are. They would have been obscure. Now they're famous. Thanks, morons in the Republican legislature of Tennessee. For more, let's go to Dr. Jason Nichols, award-winning full-time senior lecturer in the African-American Studies Department at the University of Maryland College Park. You've seen him or read him in The Guardian, Al Jazeera, Fox News, NBC News, Newsmax, MSNBC. Jason, it's so good to see you. Welcome back. Good to see you, John. Thanks for having me again. Thank you. So I'm really torn. I know you've been paying a lot of attention to what's going on in Tennessee. On the one hand, I'm inspired by all the good that's going to come from this, all the young people paying attention who will vote, how these two young men will now have a much bigger megaphone in the political system. At the same time, I'm increasingly moment by moment more terrified that now this is going to be the new playbook and we're going to see more state legislatures just trying to throw Democratic lawmakers out because they have super majorities and they hate democracy. Yeah, I mean, that that's kind of my fear. I mean, we just saw that North Carolina now has a supermajority uh, in their legislature. Um, we see, and, and I can't remember who said it. I want to say it was one of the people over at Vox who said, 
when you can't win elections, eventually you're going to turn against democracy. And, and I think that's what we're seeing. And, you know, I got into an exchange with a guy on Twitter who has, you know, much larger following than I do. But, you know, he's usually he's, he's an interesting guy, uh, you know, another black guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his followers, I, you know, he had put something up about the Republicans who want to repeal or these fringe conservatives that want to repeal the 19th Amendment yeah. and keep women from voting. And I basically said, this is the direction that the modern GOP is headed. And, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, that's crazy. And I was like, look, they're trying to, you know, his his tweet was like, are black people next? And he's he's a conservative. Yeah. And I was like, they're already trying to take votes from black people. Already. They're, that's exactly what they did when they took out um, Justin Pearson and uh, the other gentleman. Um, I've, right. I've actually, you know, just briefly uh, asked the question of Justin Pearson on another show. Um, I mean, the guy is incredibly articulate because they had a whole deal about him wearing a dashiki on the floor. Like they yes. made a big deal that's about right. that. So, I mean, this is an attempt to take, and I, and I said this about, you know, I think it was last week you and I discussed this about, you know, Fonnie Willis and, and the desire to remove her. That's this right. is literally taking votes away from black people saying, hey, black people vote how you want. If you want to vote for Democrats, go ahead. We'll just negate it. That's it. We'll just take away your vote. We'll just remove that person. And then you don't live in a democracy. Then we're going back to pre-1965. But that's, and that's, that's not it. being hyperbolic. But no, you're not at all. But you're, you're nailing it, Jason, because, again, the Republican Party my whole life has had this party line since Reagan that, uh, that we're taking on government. Government's the problem. We're going to take care of government. Government can't do it. They say they hate government. But my experience as a human in this country, they love government. Government is how they get power and redistribute wealth to their top 1% donors. What they hate is democracy. And voter ID laws are all about making it harder for some people to exercise that right. A little here, a little there. And again, not just black folks. I think I think those laws are against college kids, young people, seniors who don't have a state-issued license. They're against low-income people in general. They find different ways to make it harder for you to vote here and there. But as you pointed out on your Twitter today, they're trying to take your vote away by overturning your elections or removing your elected officials. This is new, what we're seeing here, and this is what terrifies me, that other legislatures will do it, especially one day after, I don't know what happened in North Carolina, but this woman ran for office last year as a pro-abortion rights, pro-LGBTQ Democrat, and that's what the people voted for, and then whoever got to her got to her, and today she wants to criminalize abortion. And now North Carolina Republicans have a supermajority. Boom. Right. One person. So can, one person's compromised morality. Yeah. Go ahead. It, yeah, exactly. I mean, they're they're going to get past um, the veto uh, of the governor, you know, statewide. Again, this is, again, uh, an example of the gerrymandering in a lot of these states is you can have statewide elections where Democrats win. You see it in North Carolina. Yep. You see it in in uh, with Tony Evers in uh, Wisconsin where Democrats win statewide elections. They win gubernatorial elections. They sometimes win Senate elections. And, you know, occasionally, if, they're, if they don't win, they're at least competitive. But yet, the way we draw districts, mm-hmm. somehow you get a super majority of, from another party. And yeah. again, this is, this is the thing, you know, that many people have pointed out. When it comes to our electoral system and the problem with it is we let land vote. (laughs) Yes. Uh, There's, you know, New York City uh, and, and, you know, a lot of these states that have fewer people somehow get just as much representation, you know, like that's it. There, there's four times as many people, maybe five times as many people in New York City as there are in the state of Wyoming. You and, know, yeah. And yet, a, a vote in Wyoming has five times the power as a vote in California when it comes to the presidential election. 
five Absolutely. times. They like both that. get two senators. Like wh- there are more people in San Francisco than in Wyoming. Yeah. But they both, <laughs> get, you know, California for Los Angeles, San Diego, San Francisco, all those Oakland, all those cities, you know, they get two senators. And Wyoming gets two senators for, you know, I guess the cows get to vote there. And no disrespect <laughs> to anybody from Wyoming. And respect to Wyoming, respect to, to Montana, you know, and Montana, by the way, they get Democrats who win statewide elections. John Tester, sure. uh, you know, he's, he's a conservative Democrat, but he, you know, he wins elections out there. So it's, it's not impossible. And he'll probably win again. Yeah, um, probably. But I, I do think that we need to have a system where people vote, where it's about and you get representation based on population, not based on land. Yeah. Um, well, of course. But I mean, again, this has been but that's this has always been the racket, right? The country was founded by wealthy white landowners who thought only they should be allowed to vote. And every right. increase in voting rights in our entire country's history has never been given. It's always been fought for, fought for, fought for. And the power elite that own this country will never stop trying to make it harder for non-millionaires to vote. And and yeah. this just seems like their their newest tactic now. I mean, like literally, this is this this is the the week we honor the anniversary of Martin Luther King being mm-hmm. killed by gun violence in Tennessee, <laughs> and Tennessee Republicans expel two African American legislature members because they protested Tennesseans being murdered by gun violence, like the same week. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's crazy. And it's funny when you said this country was founded by wealthy white landowners. Land wasn't the only thing they owned. That's correct. <laughs> well, that's they, right. But only the landowners could vote. Only the landowners could vote. That right. was their, 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 you know, no women, no non-white guys, no no indigenous. I mean, all those rights had to be fought for. But you're right. They right. owned people and they exactly. rigged it years later that they wouldn't have to count their people possessions as real people and we got the three-fifths compromise and that's literally how slavery gave us donald trump in the electoral college literally these he became he and bush became president because of slavery every republican elected president this century has done it losing the popular vote and because of dead slave owners that's the system we're still struggling with absolutely seven seven of the last eight i mean it's we we certainly need some some major changes. We need major changes, I think, to the to the Supreme Court. I think there are major structural changes that we need to make. And, you know, speaking of Dr. King, he you know, of course, he talked about the three evils, you know, capitalism, racism and militarism. Uh, right. There are whole lots of things, you know, structurally, he said, you know, if we don't change our structure and radically redistribute economic and, and political resources, then we're approaching our spiritual death. And I think the country is headed in that direction when you say, okay, you can vote. Uh, because by, by the way, one of the things that I think is misunderstood about Dr. King is that he was fiercely patriotic. Yes. He believed in those founding documents. And one of the things he said in his final speech in Memphis was live up to what you said on paper. That was a, a major message. But living up to our founding documents, living up to what America could be is not, I don't like what you said. I don't like that you protested something. So I'm going to remove you from office. Yeah, you know, that's it. Remember, yeah. they, they, you know, were all upset about the impeachments of Donald Trump, which were all warranted. I don't care. You know, the deeply, even in retrospect. You know, those were completely warranted. But, but, but do you think, Jason, that this is me- really meant to show, uh, like, obviously it's performative, right? Obviously they're not going to do anything after another mass slaughter. They're not going to do anything to prevent the next slaughter, but they got to do something to make it look like they're doing something. So they do this performative bit of how we're going to kick these people out of the legislature. I don't see how this isn't a tremendous fuck you to the districts that sent these men to the legislatures in the first place. I mean, it's not just anti-democratic. It's telling black voting districts in Tennessee that we will undo your democracies. Absolutely. And and it's, you know, I, I don't want to, let me be clear about what I'm about to say. Okay. 
I'm not making a comparison. I know that's always the dangerous yeah, thing. Yeah, no, now like, I'm ready. Get, get, get ready, trolls. Go ahead. Yeah, get ready to take this out of context. I'm not trying to make a one-to-one comparison. I'm only comparing the, the, the motive. Right. One of the things that when you had lynchings in states like Tennessee was to intimidate everyone else. It wasn't just to kill the one person. It was to intimidate the community of people and say, don't you dare, don't you dare try to vote. Don't you dare try to own a business. You know, uh, uh, we've created this legend that it was about, you know, sexual assault or whatever. That's not what lynchings were about. Uh, Lynchings were about political and economic, you know, challenges to white supremacy. Sure. What I'm saying is when you remove these two black elected officials, it is a warning shot to all the other black elected officials. Don't get out of line. That's it. We'll we'll remove you. You know, this job that you have, your your constituents, the causes that you actually care about, that that road you want paved in your community, that funding you want for the schools in your community, we'll remove you. See, but Jason, as awful as it is, that's why I feel like the Republican Party just did so much for Tennessee voter turnout in this case election for African-American voter turnout and for young people voter turnout and for anyone who gives a damn about gun violence. I mean, these actions just I don't see how they don't come back in a boomerang effect against the Republicans. I don't see how this ends well for them. I sure hope so. But, you know, I don't know that society has a long memory. True. Uh, we'll see if I mean, Justin Pearson and the other gentleman, Justin, it's hang on. I, I've got his name right here. I just wrote a whole piece about him, uh, but they're both named Justin. Yes. Justin Pearson and Justin Jones, Justin Jones. So they are both incredibly articulate. Um, I know that's what they always say about, he you know, not, black guys. <laughs> he speaks so well, but I, he really I, does. Um, I'm impressed. I'm impressed when a white guy in his 20s is articulate. So it's not a problem for me. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so these guys. But the question is, will they really have the platform? Uh, will they stay in people's memories? We know that a lot of times the, the news cycle moves on. We're a long ways away from 2024, at least in, in you know, mm. when it comes to news cycles. Is this going to motivate people? I sure hope it does. Oh, I mean, I think I it will. You know, you and I, people with with platforms and who are in the media, don't start to gloss over this and start thinking Trump, Trump, Trump every five seconds and I what happened. I know, but I, um, I, I haven't even brought up Trump's indictment yet with you this whole time we've been talking. But let me <laughs> let me just play a really quick clip because just listen to this is I've just learned the Daniels after the Oscars. Now I've got to learn the Justins after Tennessee. But here's Representative Justin Pearson after his ejection on the subtext of a majority white, majority Republican Tennessee House expelling him and his fellow African-American male colleague. I've lost a classmate this year from gun violence. My mentor died last year from gun violence. We are dealing with a gun violence epidemic and the resolution is not to, to silence the voices of people who send us here to the people's house to speak with them and for them. It is to make sure we do just legislation. It's to make sure we fight for red flag laws. We fight for good storage laws. We fight to make sure that this is a democracy and maintains its democratic principles. But that's what's being lost today. And so every Tennessean needs to be very concerned that we are not in a democracy. And across the United States, of America, there has been no House members who have ever been expelled for exercising the First Amendment rights in a peaceful protest. This is a first in American history, and we are losing our democracy to white supremacy. We are losing our democracy to patriarchy. We are losing our democracy to people who want to keep a status quo that is damning to the rest of us and damning to our children and unborn people. It is no coincidence that the two youngest black lawmakers in the state of Tennessee and one or two women are on trial today. That is not accidental. This is what happens when you lose democracy. This is what we are fighting against and must stand up against as legislators and as people and as citizens across this country. Because it's starting in Tennessee, but it won't end here. I don't think these guys are going away. I think the Justins are going to be on every cable news show every day for the next year. And just like January 6th, they're going to find a way to keep them on the national radar. Yeah, I, I sure hope so. I mean, they, they're, they're really impressive guys. 
And there's a reason why their constituents sent them to Tennessee, you know, to the Tennessee State House in order yeah. to represent them because they are good representatives. They are passionate about an issue. And one of the things that I think uh, Justin Jones pointed out was they have someone on the floor who's been accused of child molestation mm. in Tennessee. They have some, you know, you remember those Republicans that say protect kids and all of that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they have somebody who's been accused of domestic abuse. Yeah. They have people who have been convicted of crimes and they never tried to expel them. But somebody who is involved in a peaceful protest. That's it. They expel That's them. That's it. I mean, look... Colin Kaepernick. I mean, you know, what What have we learned time and time again? They're more upset at the peaceful protests against the sin than the actual sin itself. We're going to take a very quick break. We'll be right back. This is Progress. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm John Fugel saying this is progress after dark. I do want to ask you, doctor, I'd be most remiss if I didn't ask you about some more positive news of the week because we did have it. What we saw in Wisconsin, speaking of young voter turnout in an off, off year election, no money in history has ever been spent at this amount for a state Supreme Court race. And it looks like turnout was enough that it's from one vote abortion rights will be safe in the state of Wisconsin. I'm curious your thoughts on what we witnessed. Yeah, no, I, I think it's I think it's great. I think um, the people of Wisconsin and this is what I mean about the gerrymandering of a lot of these states, uh, their their state legislatures are overwhelmingly uh, Republican. Um, but we see in statewide elections, you know, left leaning people. Now, again, you know, uh, uh, judges run nonpartisan races, but it's clear what they stand for, you know? And I think it also bodes very poorly if we're, you know, doing a really early projection. Sure. It bodes really poorly for Republicans, particularly Donald Trump, that she won resoundingly. I mean, it wasn't like that she won by, you know, 2%. She won by like 10 or 11%. Um, it, it was a it was a, a sizable victory there. It really was. I and mean, women and it, turned out and young people turned out and black folks turned out and they were able to uh, make sure that they protect a woman's right to make choices about her own body and health care. Yeah. And um, I think that that's really good for that state. And I think it says something about the Rust Belt and the uh, the Midwest. But again, these state legislatures, they're going to do whatever they can, particularly in these places where they have super majorities, where they're going to start overturning elections. We are headed yes. really, really close to the edge of, you know, straight up fascism. And I yeah. was somebody that was very, very reluctant to use that kind of terminology. I, I couldn't stand when people would start making Holocaust comparisons because I know same. people who I've met people who've actually died or not died. People who actually survived the Holocaust. You yeah. know, I've seen the net, the numbers tattooed on their arm. You don't I'm want to throw the word around lightly. I would listen. I never wanted to yeah. say fascist when Bush was president. I never wanted to say racist when Obama was president. I try. I said those words are going to lose all power. Liberal. Now, after Trump, I think it's irresponsible to not deploy those words right. when appropriate. Absolutely. You know, uh, we, we have to call it what it is. 
When you start taking votes away, removing people from public office that, you know, people voted for, a majority, which is different than Trump. <laughs> you know, Trump was never voted in by a majority of Americans. That's right. But they will sit there and do whatever they can to, to shift the balance of power and make it so that they can take away votes. And, and we can go back in Wisconsin. Remember, after Ron Johnson won his election, there were people in Wisconsin, Republican election officials, mm-hmm. who were congratulating themselves and one another, saying, we got... 90,000 or excuse me, 37,000 fewer black people to vote in uh, Milwaukee. Yeah, they were like, yes, fewer black people are voting. And now they don't even care if you vote because they'll just remove the person. Yeah, that's it. Let me ask you about another democracy success story this week, but also with Wisconsin. I mean, that's one more state where a right wing Supreme Court can't throw out the will of the voters. And and in that sense, it might even save the presidency. But we saw more good news in Chicago this week where Brandon Johnson, the progressive Democrat, beat the moderate guy, Paul Vallis. And now progressives have gotten control over two of America's largest three cities after Karen Bass won last year. What were your thoughts on what we saw in Chicago this week? Well, I thought it was fantastic. Um, I think Vallis was he wasn't really a Democrat um, and he was trying to run on a lot of the anxieties around crime. And that was, of course, he's running a very dog whistly campaign about, you know, crime and being afraid of the south and west side of Chicago Mm -hmm. uh, and trying to appeal to people on the north side. And it didn't work. People turned out. People voted for and and you know they tried to say that all these cops are gonna walk off the job somehow i don't think that's gonna happen they said the same thing with vaccine mandates and you know i'm i'm you know in retrospect maybe i have some maybe my views have shifted a little on vaccine mandates but either way uh people didn't walk off the job same cops Mm -hmm. are still working there they just complained about it (laughs) you know what i mean like we all complain about our jobs and, and one of the things that was done in that race was the real Democrats were able to tie Vallis to Trump. Of course. And I think that shows, I think that's a little bit of foreshadowing as to what we're going to see in 2024. Oh, because yeah. DeSantis isn't going to win. DeSantis is not going <laughs> to well, Trump's going like- to win. I just like that, you know, Democrats had a choice between one guy who was talking about punishing crime and one guy who was talking about preventing crime. We know that the system of punishing crime doesn't stop crime, but preventing it, yeah, economically, it it seems pretty smart. And Jason, I'd be most remiss if I, and I saved it for the end, if I asked you for your thoughts on the first former president to ever be indicted, which happened this week in New York City. I don't know if you heard, it didn't get a lot of coverage. Um, What was your take (laughs) on what we witnessed this week? the spectacle and the and the practical elements of it. Yeah, well, so first of all, I was disappointed in a lot of the media, the media coverage. We know that there there's a different regime over there at CNN. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, I always told people CNN is not a left wing network. No, they're an anti Trump network. Those are two very different things. They were definitely anti-Trump at one point under the previous leadership. But now that Licht is in there, they've basically gone to where they've always where they were before, which is very, you know, center, maybe even right of slightly right of center in their coverage. You're not going to hear any stories. You're not going to hear any stories about unions or environmental justice on CNN or the other cable channels. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe they're pro-Democrat. There are no liberal cable news channels. No, there are none. There are absolutely none. And so, uh, you know, what I think about the the coverage was, was, I think, not good because Alvin Bragg, he laid out just what it what he had to lay out. He did not put all his cards on the table. And I think from the very beginning, I was like, he's going to get him on taxes. He's going to get him on a tax violation because one of the things about records is if he wrote that off as as a business expense on his taxes, a legal expense on his taxes, that's that's a that's a tax fraud. 
issue. And yeah. we know people go to jail for that. Yeah, ask, yeah. ask Wesley Snipes. Ask like, you know, uh, Lauren Hill, Fat Joe. Lot, mm-hmm. Like they actually go to jail. That's so right. I think Alvin Bragg is thinking much broader than what he presented. And what he presented, it shouldn't be one of these things where we talk about just the, you know, all the people that were upset with Chesa Bowden, for example, out in San Francisco. And they said, he's not prosecuting, you know, these small crimes. He's not prosecuting a shoplifter. But yet they think, oh, well, nobody's saying Trump didn't do it. They're saying this is just a small crime. He's too powerful. He's a former president. He shouldn't Mm -hmm. he shouldn't be held to account. And I think that that is a terrible message and direction to go as a country. First of all, other first world nations are holding their leaders accountable. Sarkozy in France, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Bibi Netanyahu has got corruption charges. That's right. Uh, we've seen it in Italy. There, there have been many first That's world right. nations that have uh, indicted their leaders or they've faced some charges for um, misdeeds. Correct. And for me, and Lula, Lula in Brazil, Lula did 18 months. That's right. That's right. He Now he ran again. Yeah, exactly. So the guy um, who did 18 months was the good guy in Brazil. That's how bad they've got it. Right, right. He actually, you know, was, was a really successful president at one point, was the most, po- was the most popular world leader uh, in, in the entire, on the entire planet. You know, so I, I think... All of the arguments that people are making, it's like, I think to myself, I'm like, do you guys hear yourselves? Like, like, are you serious? This is why I don't take cable news as seriously as I used I'm to. With you. <laughs> it's like, and this is why I've been, I've been begging you to make a comeback. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, well, it's one thing to have, have for, for you to want it. I, I, my relationship with the cable news networks is a whole other saga. I'll tell you over a drink sometime. Jason Nichols, <laughs> it is always such a great pleasure having you with us. Before I let you go, uh, obviously, tomorrow is going to be another big day uh, for the former president. His one of his many lawyers is going to be testifying to the grand jury against him because a judge said there's no more attorney-client privilege. Uh, His Secret Service agents are probably going to testify before the grand jury for Jack Smith in D.C. tomorrow. And again, we are, I think, only 17 days away from the beginning of the E. Jean Carroll rape trial. Jason, I guess my final question is, this is really just the beginning for Donald Trump, isn't it? Yeah, no, he's going to be spending a lot of time, or he and his his, uh, attorneys are going to be spending a lot of time in court um, the all, the other thing that I'll say is it's frustrating that he's able to raise so much money that you can see, literally see a guy flying around in a private jet with his name on the side of it and you'll send him your hard earned money. <laughs> like I, I don't get that's if there's anything about the MAGA movement, I don't get you sit there and you complain about inflation. You complain about gas prices, but you'll gas up somebody's private jet that they own. Not even a charter. He owns that plane. And they're they're willing to pay his legal bills, pay a billionaire's legal bills. Yeah. Uh, I'll never understand that. Um, but he's got <laughs> Let me he's let me tell you how cults work sometime. Let me tell you how cults work. <laughs> right. My favorite thing about Joe Biden, he's never asked me for money to pay his damn lawyers. Right. No, absolutely. And let me tell you, if he did, you know, uh, maybe, you know, I know your audience can't see what he would get, but he, uh-huh. you know. Oh, yeah. No, believe me. I have no I have zero fears about Joe Biden when it comes to that. Jason, what is the best way for our listeners to keep track of you and your work and follow you on all the socials? Uh, definitely. Uh, for the time being, you can definitely get me on Twitter at uh, Dr. Jason Nichols. Um, you can also see me on uh, Facebook, Jason Nichols, Ph.D. And, you know, I write a lot for for Newsweek and, you know, for some other publications. I'm also a guest host. I think I can announce it because I just hosted for the first time. Uh, I'm a guest host on The Hill Rising. Oh, uh, awesome. A show. Yeah, no, it's 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 a lot of fun. So I'm, I did my first show today. Loved it. So if you get a chance, check that out. And the and podcast. Can, the podcast, the Working Class Elites podcast. We're going to have new episodes coming very soon. 
Um, so definitely, you know, look for my podcast everywhere podcasts are found and listen to Tell Me Everything with John Fugel saying <laughs> on Thursdays and I will be here. Dr. Nichols, it's always an honor. Thank you so much for classing up our humble operation around here. Have a great weekend. Happy Easter to you and your family. We got to hit a quick break. We'll be right back in just a moment with all Yazal's calls at 866-997-4748. This is Progress. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John saying People of Earth, Keith Price refuses to define the term superstar because he feels he redefines it every time he walks in public. Keith is a comedian, a writer, an actor, a terrific broadcaster. He was the first openly gay black radio host at SiriusXM back in the day on the Breakthrough channel, OutQ, which I still miss very much. Be sure to catch Keith's wonderful Broadway podcast, Keith Price's Curtain Call, Comedy Daddy. It's good to see you. Welcome back. Hey, I know. How are you? Delightful. How are, I, I watched Donald Trump uh, get arrested this week. Not too bad. How are you? <laughs> you know, Wisconsin, that, Wisconsin that saved hot. democracy. Chicago picked the liberal guy. Donald Trump got fingerprinted. And uh, these two young men in Tennessee are about to become media superstars. I, I think things wow. are okay for now. Wow. I'm telling you, so they just got suspended. They just got tossed right out on their butts, right? Is that what That's happened? It. That's it. I mean, like they, they took part in a protest against people being slaughtered uh, by weapons so easily in Tennessee. And mm-hmm. uh, they voted in the legislature to throw them out. There were three of them, two black men and a white woman. The white uh-huh. woman survived by one vote. The two, young, <laughs> the two young black men have been ejected. And wow. I'm, really admit, I'm talking about it with all of our guests. On the one hand, this is terrifying because all the other Republican legislatures are going to try this sort of nonsense now and just of throw course. out people and say, fuck you to majority black voting districts in their states. Yep. On the other hand, I just think this is going to backfire like overturning Roe v. Wade backfired. It's going to drive so much voter turnout and it's going to make these two men nationally known names, whereas previously they would have just been obscure local politicians. Well, I, w- I was watching that, you know, they can just rerun again for the same seats and they could get yeah. put back in. But, That's right. You know, but then again, when they they come back, they're going to come back being restrained and muted, I, I guess. That's the whole point. But, you know, it was fun watching. Uh, I don't know who, which Foghorn Leghorn it was that was at the mic earlier <laughs> in the day when uh, one of the brothers addressed him in a certain way and he reminded him of how he was to be addressed as, you know, chairman or mm. as speaker or whatever the hell is his position was at the time. And when I saw that little clip, I re- I saw those two brothers and I was like, oh, y'all gonna lose your job today. Y'all, you know, you ain't gonna be there. Like I knew, I knew before they even sat down to vote, the fact that they made it one of the last things that they did. And then they did it knowing that the plan was to get rid of these two people, at least two of them. And, yeah. and, and what it does show is like it, it to me is this is just another moment of Massa trying to regain control of the House. Yeah. And and Massa has won this particular round. And Maybe. as you said, this well, you know, because they, they got to go. They're going to be kicked out. You know, yeah. on one hand, you can say they could you know, they shouldn't have necessarily protested on the floor because technically they're at work. 
and you know that is the workplace. Then you yada, censure yada, someone. Yada. Then you censure right. someone. Then, then you you, you vote to condemn them and put it in the official record. Like they're saying, protesting on Capitol grounds against children being slaughtered by guns is a deal breaker. But insurrection mm-hmm. to overthrow the American government, we're exactly. fine with. Exactly. Well, I was just going to say they had a very nice group of tourists standing outside during the protests in Tennessee. Like to me, I would have believed those were tourists. Versus those animals that showed up on January 6th that, right. you know, we're and, and, you know, and to think that we are still having a conversation about that, like that should have been wrapped up and finished and everybody should have been thrown in jail and everybody should have been fined. And like this mm-hmm. should have been over by now. You, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Let me let me push back on that, because I think the Democrats very deliberately didn't want to wrap that up. I think Democrats decided they were going to keep January 6th in the front of the public's amygdala for the full year, having those hearings all summer long. We were all talking mm-hmm. about the new evidence, all the new video that would come out. By the time we got to Election Day 2022, January 6th still smelled very fresh for voters. And I think it made a difference at the polls. So I kind of get what their whole thing was of keeping that on the front burner. But then, you know, then is that just as bad as, you know, George Bush and them fixing it so that <laughs> so that the hostages weren't released until, you know, election after Reagan was oh, elected? That was that was I'm Ronald just Reagan. saying, no, was, I'm, was, just, I'm just I'm just saying, you know, yeah, is, yeah. is one half a dozen of one six or the other, which is worse. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, wait, what's to, worse? To, Ra- to, Reagan to keeping the hostages longer in Iran versus right ver- versus dealing with direct accountability in this in this thing and not dragging it out so that people will be forced to have to be reminded when you can just do the due process and get it done you know what i'm yeah, saying i, I, like, I kind of don't think they're the same i think reagan kept people in captivity well he kept them hostage Ra- and that's, Ra- that's reagan was that's cheating to up. reagan was cheating to win an election and democrats mm-hmm. were calling out people who cheat to win elections i i, I gotta feel like that's how i frame it but i i, yeah. I gotta ask you keith i, I mean talk to me as as inflammatory as today is, I want to I want to take you back to a, a younger time, an earlier time, long ago when we were much younger and our our hearts were young and gay. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Tuesday when Donald Trump was indicted here in New York City. <laughs> I finally have the sounds of helicopters out of my ears, and I'm wondering what your thoughts were on uh, on the floor show we enjoyed. I gotta say, you know, I took a little bit of a tea. I enjoyed it just because. You know, I've wanted to see this happen. And I was enjoying watching him have to sit there and take it. Like, Mm. he had to sit in that room. I don't care how much bluster he thought he was going to wind up having in that moment. He kept his shit together all the way, literally and figuratively, according to what's his name with the the diaper. But, like, he's kept it together, you know, through this process. Mm-hmm. Until he got back to Florida, where he felt safe enough to talk smack and be the 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 big man in the room, oh, and it's so funny. It's like watching him in that, those those two moments explains everything about him if you're paying attention. Oh yeah, but yet you know, like between those crazy cultists that follow him and the same thing, like we were talking the other day about these ones that are following R. Kelly. Like there's something. There's a common something somewhere no, you're right. in the you're brain right. that just lets you see what you're seeing, ignore it, and then join on to it and support it. Like, there's got to be something. You know what I mean? Like, there's got to be a chemical term for it. There's got to be mm-hmm. something beyond, you know, Stockholm Syndrome. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> What I loved about the whole day was... We were all so frustrated at the media glorifying this guy. We're all saying, this is 2016 all over again. I mean, my God, the fucking airplane? Really, CNN? We have to see the plane landing in LaGuardia the day before? Really? And it's like OJ for me. You know, it's like, okay, I get it. It is. It's in a major story. OJ was the most famous person to ever be accused of murder. So I, I get it. It really, it is a huge story. But at some point, the, the media firestorm becomes the story. What was different here was by the time Trump got home, By the time Florida man made it back and gave his little, you know, victimization, Mm -hmm. fetishization press conference, (laughs) most of the major media that had been using Trump for ratings cut away because at the end of the day, for all the hype, he sucks. And that speech (laughs) sucked when CNN... When CNN decides this is too crappy to use for ratings, let's go back to the talking heads in the studio discussing this because this alone sucks. 
just carry on, Trump. Get him the nomination. Well, you know, but again, you know, there is still enough of a market for them to to keep talking about him. So that's that's enough to to keep the 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 coffers filled, if you will. But right. it, at at the same time, though, you know, is he final? Is there like a sense of fatigue with him? Because you know he's yes. he's giving this he's giving them the same story and the same conversations every time that they're filming him. And there so is I a guess sense at of some fatigue, point, but but only for the U.S. popular vote. <laughs> you know what I mean? The cult is still delighted. <laughs> they're living for it. But I mean, again, though this it's it's interesting to see how they they're starting to finally turn away because I think that they're you know looking at the long term and they. Again, the face that Trump made when he was sitting at that table after because by the time he got to the table, they had already gone through the charges that he was going to be facing in the courtroom. That's right. Like, he That's knew right. about it. So I'm sure that whatever is in the list of those charges, there must have been something in there that even with all of his bravado, he knew he could not shake it. Like he couldn't he couldn't just bluster that off and make it seem like, you know, it's just D.A. Bragg going after me on a certain sector of that because he looked he looked scared. He really did look yeah. scared. He and I and I think too. that it's yeah. And I think that when it's all said and done, maybe the reality of everything is now finally coming to him. And it's like, you know, he's having his, oh, my Lord, I guess I'm paying for all the crimes that I've, <laughs> that I've, I've had <laughs> Let's over not go the last that 40 years. I feel Let's like it's finally happening. But, you know, um, but this is just the first one. And I, and I right. hope that something comes out of it because I think that what will happen is, is that if nothing comes out of it and he walks away from all of this, that it's just going to embolden him to be even more of a dick the next round and it might scare the other places that actually have <laughs> real cases from doing it because of whatever the backlash that Bragg is going to get if this doesn't work on some I don't level. think that's happening. I don't think Alvin Bragg would have put up his family for these death threats for a year unless he was sure the case was really tight. And I mean, there will be some politicians, some prosecutors who don't want to do this because they don't want the headache. Mm-hmm. I don't think Jack Smith and Fonnie Willis are going to cower it out that way, but we'll we'll see. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. You want to talk to some uh-huh. listeners? We have a lot of our ref sure. riffraff wants to weigh in. Uh, I call you now, my evil army of the night, at 866-997-4748. Uh, let's go to Bill in New Jersey. Hi, Bill. Hi, how you doing? Good, how are you? Hi, right. just walking between the shoe drops. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yes, nice. You get it? Um, yes. I don't, this, this thing that Idaho's trying to do is unenforceable. How do oh. you... How do you keep people in the state or leaving the state and 
adopt them and find out whether they're pregnant or not. You offer bounties. You, you, you offer bounties to rat people out. So if someone tells yeah, on a girl who's being driven, if, if you're dry, let's say a 14 year old girl is raped by her stepfather and she can't tell anyone. Right. So so her brother mm-hmm. takes his 14 year old sister uh-huh. out of state to get an abortion and they don't tell their mm-hmm. parents. This 14 year old girl uh-huh. lives in an abusive home and she's she's uh-huh. saying, please, brother, take me there. Uh-huh. That's a crime. And her brother could get five years in prison. How could, for driving how could his sister across the border to terminate a pregnancy. Other than Wrong. being stupid enough to say it, how could they prove it? Wrong. I'll tell you how they're going to prove it, okay? First what? of all, we're going to build a big wall, a beautiful wall, and we're going to make the right. fetuses pay for it. Around the entire state of Idaho. Uh-huh. Yeah. Don't private. Yeah. I mean, it is a good question. How, how will they enforce it? Because, you know, you're literally restricting freedom of travel for citizens. Right. Paying citizens and of that's Ohio. illegal. That's it's illegal. illegal. So it's going to go to the Supreme Court. It's going to it's going to be appealed. It will be appealed, but they're going to have to arrest someone first. Keep, keep in mind, all these right. and Keith, we've talked about this. All of these mm-hmm. abortion laws, they're all performative. They're all exactly. so shitty politicians when they run for reelection can say, I passed the most strict anti-abortion bill in the state's history. They'll never mention in the fundraising emails. Oh, right. it was thrown out by the Supreme Court six months later. But I passed the strictest anti-abortion right. bill. And that's all it's about. If they wanted the abortion rate to go down, they would make birth control more accessible and sex ed in all the schools. They don't care. Right. Uh, By the way, people keep talking about Trump and selling taxes. Remember Al Capone? Yeah. Yeah. He ended up going to jail for taxes and people made fun and then he had tertiary uh, syphilis. Went crazy. (laughs) Well, thank God. We know there's no chance Donald Trump has syphilis. I mean, Donald Trump doesn't (laughs) act like the result of decades of untreated syphilis at all. Never. But, no. but people Healthy are man. surprised that they're getting him on taxes, which is what they were in the in the twenties when they got uh, Al Capone. Yeah, well, uh, whatever it takes, taxes. man. It's, well, it's right. But uh, getting back to the other thing, the borders between the states are owned by the federal government. It's illegal to take weed from one state where it's legal into another adjoining state where it's legal because when you cross the border, you're in federal territory. So anything that goes on, plus. The mail is controlled by the the United States, and it's illegal for the state to search mail or wait. Or just you wait. Mail or anything just like you wait that. on that no. one. Wait until some of these abortion well, pill the, bans well, happen, and well, just well, just wait until they find a way to go through the mail of Americans to see if they're way. getting abortion pills. There is a way. There's the Comstock Act, which bans uh, sex toys and uh, contraceptives. No, from the 19 something, and. Mm. Uh, and, and pornography. That's the only way a state can work with the government to do something that involves the post office. Right. But on. this this administration is not going to do it. And how high a priority would that be? We'll like, find Bill, out. You know? Bill, I thank you very much for the call. You know what, Keith? Speak, as long as we have Trump on the brain, I just want to play this mm-hmm. clip on Fox News. On Fox News, here's Stormy Daniels telling Piers Morgan, "Ah, sure, she'll testify against Trump. I have nothing to hide. I'm the only one that has been telling the truth. And, you know, you can't shame me any more. So I feel like if they don't, it paints the picture that they know something about me that makes me, you know, untrustworthy or not reliable. Um, So you want to have. I I do. I do. I think having them call me in and put me on the stand Mm -hmm legitimizes my story and who I am. And if they don't, it almost feels like they're hiding me and people will automatically assume I would mm. that, oh, that she must not be a good witness. She's not credible. Like so there's no doubt if they ask you to testify, you will testify. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Keith, that would be real porn for me. That's my <laughs> that's, kind of porn. That's going to be porn for say, a lot of people. No, if they asked Trump to testify, <laughs> then it would be porn for me. Exactly. Or, or better yet, her in the courtroom testifying with him sitting there. That's that the, the camera pictures of that will be worth, you know, a lot of money. I love but, it. You know, I love it. But but, you know, but again, you know, going back to that stuff that we were just talking about, too, about the, the abortion stuff and how it's also performative. Yeah. It is performative. But you also have to remember that the appeals process involves a whole lot of courts along the way that have been stacked by Mitch McConnell, That's including right. the Supreme Court, that, you know, they've been waiting for things to test against the law to try to get a full, real 
abortion ban in this country. And every mm-hmm. one of these little moments is, is an opportunity for them to run it up the ladder to see what, what kind of new thing that the Supreme Court can, can rule on. But like you said, you oh. cannot restrict people from traveling. Like, <laughs> right. you, can't, you can't, you can't, how, what are you going to do? Make everybody have an EPT test when they go to the, the airport? Like, try. I mean, you know, listen, they, and, they don't care. They keep. They just. They pass the damn laws. They don't care. They just want to they say they care. did something to make life harder for rape victims because that's what Christianity is all about. Uh, Brian in Oregon, you're on with Keith. Hey, you guys. Hey. Hey. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, I'm wondering if Trump's onto something with like Diet Coke is warding off his syphilis. <laughs> I think his syphilis killed his COVID. Or at least I think to put it somewhat dormant every between every like five co- uh, cans of Coke or whatever. Yeah, no, I, I think his untreated <laughs> syphilis has actually repelled his COVID, and that's what saved him. Because <laughs> Donald exactly. Trump, when he got COVID, he was in every possible risk group. You know that, right? He's a senior. He's obese. Uh, he he's he's a public sector job. Uh, he's a person of color and he's broke. So he's in every risk group. So I think the syphilis <laughs> yeah, might have saved him. He's an asshole. Well, that's not a risk group. That's just a character flaw, but I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Okay. Uh, but I, John, on, on, on well, the whole uh, abortion stuff, you know, I wonder the first woman, I hadn't heard this, I uh, kind of, the uh, in Idaho, who's that lieutenant governor woman? I don't know if she still is. She'll probably be the first one that gets an abortion or goes out of I don't of know state. who you're talking about. There was a woman, lieutenant oh, governor, she the, or she was the one when, who, when uh, the, the city governor, governor went out of state. And she yeah. Janice McGeechan? Trying to send the National yes. Guard to Texas. I can't remember what yeah, the hell she, her name is. I know. She's the one who did all the ads with the with the assault weapons. Janice McGeechan. Yeah. Well, I bet she's probably the first one that's going to be arrested crossing the border or coming back in from getting an abortion. She was the one. Remember that hilarious clip where they caught her? She was speaking at the White Nationalist Conference uh, last year, and the reporter caught her in the hallway and talked about it, and it was just like she just had she could not handle it. She's a wingnut. I mean, mean, maybe Brian. I mean, she's 60, so she, you know... This is a blind SOB from Oregon. (laughs) I have no idea what she looks like, or she sounds... She sounds crazy, but... Yes. But I'm thinking that uh, in terms of Tennessee, all this mean white legislative rhetoric that uh, I've heard a little tiny bit of, or one antidote in, a, uh, in an elevator of you're, you're a fucking disgrace, yeah. um, I think that's got to go back to these asshole districts. And, and if not on the, it's got to be an ad, it's got to be all this white, it, the whole thing is just, Needs to have a huge mirror and light shown on it. I know, I know. And uh, listen, I, and I think it's coming. Are. But I think it's coming. I think this is going to backfire as hardcore as Roe v. Wade backfired. And I thank you for the call, Brian. Yeah. I don't know, Keith. Maybe I'm an optimist. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't, I don't know, know either. either. Yeah. I'm just, you know, like I said, I'm just really worried about this mad dash that all of these certain, you know, legislators are doing and using at state at the state levels to try to make all of these messed up changes in people's existence and there's such a rush to get it all done and it's like what is the deadline that they're really rushing for because right you know at the end of the day if it makes real sense you know until, like again we still haven't fixed voting we still haven't fixed voting you know we still got DeJoy in that position and nobody's still talking about you getting post, rid of him yeah. you right. know so like you, you know, we we're we're fighting this this thing where we're watching this dismantling of our country, and it's like, but it's happening at the state level where there really are just like I I, I don't know what century these people are really trying to live in, and it's so, so frightening. How did you feel about what we saw this week in Wisconsin? Because <laughs> well, I I was hopeful because it means that a lot of people, you know, that you know, the abortion at least has been something that has motivated voters to really get out because that I think snapping at those young women that didn't vote this last go round or whatever, like, I feel like that's, that's catching on to them because they're recognizing that they are going to have to really fight hard for their rights too. You know, it's like, you know, sadly we can't expect everybody to to vote on the right side of every issue. For more on, uh, on this, let me go to Jeff in Virginia. Jeff, welcome. You're on with Keith Price. This is Sirius XM. Hi. Yeah. Hey Jeff. How you doing? Hey. Keith. The best news this month 
make sure you listen to Jazz Appreciation Month. You got Pat Metheny, Chick Corea. <laughs> nice. Pastorius, Mingus. Nice. I could go on. I love jazz, and I love uh, it's the appreciation. So make sure you listen to some whatever you like. Happy Jazz Appreciation Month to all who celebrate. What? Okay, now now you now you woke up a sleeping giant that is my producer. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, uh, Channel sixty seven, real jazz. Yeah, it's great. My, one of my favorites. One of my absolute favorites. Yes, yes, sir. Yeah, sixty seven. You got. I, I tend to. I like the the watercolors just because I like. Uh, Peter White and, and uh, the smooth jazz, bitch. too. But I've seen Peter White actually in concert. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Live in concert. It's way different than when you listen to his music. On, oh, I completely it, it's agree. So, it's, so, it's so electric, like in that room, because it was down in D.C. Uh, in a small club down there, and it was just electric. I, I just... Uh, um, yeah, just amazing. Anyways, that that's the best news of the night. The rest <laughs> Thank you for this jazz moment. Guys, uh, the rest of the stuff you guys are talking about, you know, you act like uh, Democrats don't do a damn thing wrong. And you what know are you what? talking about? I'm not even a Democrat. I, I go after them all the time. But the Republicans I, I are just know you're Republicans not, are making them look so Democrat. good lately. Re- Republicans are making them look so damn good. Well, look. I don't see why you're not happy that uh, there's a lot of states that you can get an abortion. So let's say you live in Texas, you can't have an abortion. Move out of Texas, move into a, a state that you can have an abortion, and I think you'll be able no. to move to California. Have you ever tried? To, have you ever tried to move to a different state while you were pregnant in a hurry when you had three months to do it? I mean, I just don't think that. No, it's not enough for me. I'm sorry. We it's, men have no right to tell women they have to stay pregnant. We don't. Okay. And uh, and, and and the I, bottom line is is that I've been you, fighting. Hang, hang on, Jeff. I'm going to let my friend Keith jump in here. Keith, go ahead. No, Jeff, I'll come right say, back. Right, Keith. The, the bottom line is that this is the United States of America. And at whatever yeah. liberties and freedoms that you have in one part of this country, you should be able to have access to it in another part of this country. That is the whole point of us having this Equal country. Equal protection under the law? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so, the- so the idea that just because, you know, you shouldn't have to move anywhere from this particular part of, of the world or this country because you need to have something that the state has decided that you can't have. The state does not necessarily and should not have the right to tell you what to do. And the idea that people are letting the state do that and not recognize that they are giving away their freedoms and giving away the, themselves only to be wondering later on when they really need to do these things that they can't do it because they were like, oh, but that didn't apply to me. And it's like, yes, it applies to all of us. And it's like, you know, if they think that they can get away with keeping people from traveling from one state to get an abortion, what do you think that means when it comes down to we don't want black people in this state? We just will keep black people from coming. We will Mm -hmm. make sure that they can't come and and, and feel justified in doing it. So I've you can't pro, say that. I've been pro-life. I've been pro-life since Reagan, since I okay. voted for Reagan in 1980. Okay. I've been pro-life, and I am pro-life across the board. I am not just pro-life. Oh, so you're consistent. I'm, pro, I'm pro-life for uh, uh, the guy that's on the death death toll. I'm, I'm pro-life. Jeff, I'll respect you for that. At least you're consistent about it. At least you're consistent about it. I'm and very I, I consistent, do, and I, appreciate I am that. happy that Roe v. Wade has been turned over on its ass. Thank okay. God for that. Now... Well, hang on, Jeff. Hang on. Can I can I respond to what you, Jeff? 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 Let me respond to what you just said, please. Because see, um, again, my my take on Roe v. Wade is, as a man, I have no right whatsoever to tell a woman what she can and can't do. Ronald Reagan signed the most liberal abortion law in California's history. True. Uh, he. Yes, in the 60s, Ronald Reagan signed the most liberal abortion yes. law in the history of the state of California when he was governor. And then, of course, he right. changed it all to this anti-abortion thing. But at the end of the day, um, I'm big on the Bible. And uh, Jesus was against the death penalty. The Bible's not against abortion. Judaism is not against abortion. Do you come at this from a, a place of Christianity? Or do you come at this from a place that you just think that it's wrong 
to have women have the right to terminate pregnancies? Well, I, I am, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, you know, I'm, I'm a religious person, but I'm, I do try to be consistent as, as, as much as I can. I get it. I used to feel uh, the same way as you when I was younger. The Bible, I know the Bible very well, but I'm saying, you know, it's a very difficult situation because I had, I know you have kids, right? Uh, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I, I had two, I had two kids. And from uh, uh, two uh, C-sections with my first wife, I had two C-sections. I, I was there when she got pregnant. I was there I hope you were. The one month to, to when she in the hospital, when she pulled the kid out, I was there. Right okay, there. But, but why does that this mean life, that the government should force life, women to have children? That life is as much as a life. Jeff, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. I know how precious the baby is, but Jeff, do American women have a right to not be pregnant if they don't want to be? I know this, maybe this is harsh, but if you don't want a child, then you need to do everything you can to not get pregnant. Jeff, that's a man's responsibility. The man is the one who impregnates. Go ahead, Keith. I'm just going to say this. It's like you're you're trying to, to put the onus on telling women that basically they shouldn't have sex until they decide they want to have children. And that's really absolutely ridiculous, especially when you were giving rapists the freedom to rape women and make them have babies. That's if they my don't issue, want to have Much them. respect if to you. You're going to make, you know, grandpa with his fucking, you know, uh, boundary issues. You know, yeah. for, forcing little granddaughters to have babies. Jeff, that's my whole thing. It's like, you it, listen, sir, so you can it's, just... It's, it's going to allow rapists to pick out... Rapists can pick out the mothers of their children. And, and for me, and I, I totally get where you're coming from, and we got to hit a break, but again... The Bible doesn't back up your claims. The Bible's not against abortion. And I don't think the government should have the power to force rape victims to carry and bear their rapist children. I just don't think we as men, Jeff, have the right to tell women what they can do with their bodies. I don't. I don't think the government should be able to tell you you have to donate bone marrow to save a life. It's the same exact argument. We got to run, but please call back. We'll continue the conversation another time. Keith Price, tell these folks how they can follow you on all those socials. They can get me at Comedy Daddy on the Twitter and KeithPriceComic.com for everything else. Fantastic. And the podcast? Keith Price's Curtain Call. Ayo. Everything and is on the comp- everything is there on the website. And have you seen Life of Pi on Broadway yet? Because it's one of my favorite yes. books and one of my favorite films. And the adaptation that they do on stage is really beautiful. We'll go deep run it next week. Absolutely. <laughs> Keith, you're a prince. I love you. Thank you. And thanks for keeping my pets alive this week. Uh, Hey, thank you, Thea Harper. And thank you, of course, to Dr. Jason Nichols. Thank you, Corey Brechneider. And most of all, thank you guys for listening. Oh, and and Chris, I guess Chris contributed something too. Uh, Guys, have a beautiful, beautiful night. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm John Fugel saying keep it tuned to progress. God bless the good people of Tennessee. Peace. Peace.